0: Plan savings with T-Mobile, third-line free on essentials via monthly bill credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury and welcome to Unruffled. This week, I'm responding to a note from a mom who's alarmed by her feelings of animosity toward her five-year-old, who's been through a lot of transitions in her short life the mom says she's turning into the kind of mother I've always hated. I want to hit the reset button, but I can't find it. Before I begin, I want to remind everybody that both of my books, No Bad Kids: Toddler Discipline Without Shame and Elevating Childcare: A Guide to Respectful Parenting, are available on audio at audible.com and in paperback at Amazon and ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and apple.com. here's the message that I received on my Facebook page. Are there any encouraging articles I can read to help me connect better with my oldest daughter? She just turned five last week. She has a three-year-old sister and an eight-month-old sister. In addition to gaining two sisters in the past year, we've moved to a new home in a new town and she's attending a new school. She had a very difficult time after the eight-month-old came home. She and I clashed daily. Between her pushing boundaries and my hormones and C section pain, recovery, and exhaustion, we were not connecting at all. I feel like there's been some improvement, but ultimately I feel totally at fault for not being able to fix this. She's developing this sense of never being satisfied, and it's making me nuts. For example, if she asks for strawberries and I give them to her, she complains about what bowl I've put them in. If she asks for crackers and I give her five crackers on a plate, She requests more before even eating one. It's like no matter what it is, there's a complaint. It's like she's even forgotten her manners altogether, almost as if she's doing it on purpose. The problem is I'm starting to get really annoyed to the point where under my breath, I'm saying mean things. In my head, I'm saying mean things. I feel like she can sense it. Of course she can, right? I'm turning into the kind of mother I always hated, like I'm predicting she's gonna give me a hard time even before she does. And my attitude is already in motion. I hate that I'm doing this. I hate that I'm feeling like I don't like my own kid. I want to hit the reset button and I can't find it. She's only five, for gosh sakes. What is my problem? Where do I go to fix me? My thoughts, my reactions. I'm the adult. I need to get this figured out. Okay. First of all, I love that this parent is realizing that she's the one that needs to shift here. That's a wonderful, powerful place to be because that is where the power is. And she can shift and she can turn this around. As usual, uh, with most of our issues that we have as parents, it's about our perspective. It's about the way that we're seeing things with our children. And in this case, her daughter has been through a whole lot And yes, that baby coming with all these other shifts, that is a huge deal for her. She's got a lot of feelings about it, as all children do. I imagine the three-year-old had some feelings about that as well. And the way children process these feelings, as we know, is they just share them as they come up. They don't process them even as at age five they they're really not able to sit and analyze and uh feel satisfied that they've they've shared all their feelings that way just articulating them it's more like what i see is kind of akin to a process of grief i mean in a sense all these changes are losses that she's grieving and you know when we're in grief when we're very upset about something as adults even, the process isn't linear and it isn't always, it doesn't always make sense. I've said this before, but we might go to a funeral and perhaps for some reason we're not even crying. We're not even particularly moved by that. And we're maybe feeling I probably should be crying here and I'm not. But then some random thing happens a couple weeks later. We see something, something happens, and we find ourselves in floods of tears all of a sudden. That's the way children process grief and other feelings in their lives. So she doesn't know why she just doesn't like the strawberries and those aren't enough crackers. And all she wants to be able to say is, I just feel like dissatisfied. You know, her mother even says that she's developing this sense of never being satisfied. Well, I believe that's because her mother is uh, reacting to her seemingly being dissatisfied by seeing the particulars and not understanding that this is a thematic (laughs) feeling that she's having it's not about strawberries it's not about crackers it's not about any of these other things that she's complained about and I imagine there's a whole you know it runs the gamut Um, she's just trying to say I'm dissatisfied I'm dissatisfied I'm uncomfortable ah can I just share this with you And what happens when we we see it as these individual things and feel like this is a problem, like I'm supposed to fix this and I'm supposed to make that better and I'm not feeling a need here if I'm not giving her enough crackers or I'm, you know, whatever it was with the strawberries, we're getting caught up in that. And yes, we are going to get annoyed because there's no satisfying somebody that just wants to be dissatisfied. And if we get caught up in trying to satisfy, yes, we are going to get annoyed. We are going to start to resent that person. But if we see it as, wow, she needs to be dissatisfied, that's something she wants to share and put out there. And all I have to do is perceive that as positive sharing and let her have that feeling and just acknowledge, you know, she says about the crackers I gave her five crackers, and she she asked for more. Ah, oh, that doesn't feel like enough to you right now. You want more. Not getting her more. I'm <laughs> I'm not not trying to convince her that five is enough. I'm not going to get annoyed at her for having that feeling because I'm going to remember. Aha, this is the theme here. She needs to be dissatisfied. She wants that to be something that I'm willing to hear, and that I'm okay with as her leader. So no matter what it is and how crazy it seems, I always think it's kind of a gift when the, uh, the feelings are so over the, the top like this, you know, strawberries and the bowl for the strawberries and crackers and the sun is shining today and I just don't like the sun today. It's just, you know, whatever it is when it so, seems so unreasonable, that's a really good indication that this isn't about that at all. It's something else that I need to trust. And, you know, we don't need to know what it is in that moment. We can maybe figure that out later or not. All we have to do is trust that every feeling our children have is fine. And, you know, if you agree with your child's right to have those feelings, you can't clash with them about it. (laughs) There's no clashing. And there's nowhere for them to go with it when you say like, oh, wow, that doesn't feel like enough. Five feels just very paltry to you right now for crackers. And looking in her eyes, not just saying words, but looking in her eyes and nodding her head, and wow, I can hear that, I'm okay with that. Letting the feeling be. And this frees both of us. This frees her to let her feelings flow and feel like I'm safe to share and my leaders are still gonna be my leaders and they're still gonna be on my side and love me and adore me and not get irritated by me for having my feelings, (laughs) all my grumbly feelings. And as parents, we get to feel this isn't our problem. This is something that belongs to her. That's her process. I'm going to trust it. And I'm going to keep taking care of the things that are my job and have my own personal boundaries about, you know, how many crackers I'm going to give her and if I'm going to try to please her now. And I'm not going to take it personally. And I'm not going to feel like I'm failing. And I'm not going to get caught up in all the silly little details of this. It doesn't grate on me. It just is. Feelings just are. They don't make sense a lot of the time. They're not facts. They just are passing things <laughs> that we feel, you know? And even as adults, a lot of ours might not make sense or they might be, you know, big, exaggerated reactions to what, what's occurred. So one thing that I've been thinking about lately that I think would help, helps all of us, I mean, it's something that I realize that I do, is to imagine unplugging something inside us, this part that reacts to everything our children say or do this part that has an answer and needs to do something and gets touched off. I guess people call those you know triggers and things, but I mean just all these little daily, you know, we see something happening, maybe our child is stuck in a piece of equipment or something and we want to run over there because, gosh, that bar is near his neck and, you know, he might choke. I mean, we, we jump and we rush in rather than slowly coming close and seeing, huh, can he do this himself? Let me see where he is with it. And then we're ready. If something gets, you know, dangerous, we're there to help. Giving that space to allow something to <laughs> be in an uncomfortable place, to something to be in a struggle a feeling or an actual problem that a child is trying to solve or, you know, whatever it is, allowing that space for the, the in-between, allowing that in-between. There doesn't have to be an answer, that there doesn't have to be a fix, that there doesn't have to be a solution. We can have all these messy moments. It's freedom. It's a way of perceiving our role and a way of perceiving feelings and our children developing <laughs> self-control and impulse control. It's it's not there yet, slowly developing. Hey, sometimes they seem so mature and full of self-control. And that can be deceiving because, you know, it's it's sometimes, but it's not all the time. It's getting better every day, <laughs> especially when we model it. And you know, unplugging that thing in us that reacts is a great way to model self-control, because I think that is kind of the key to self-control. To allow the messy moments. To be okay. So this isn't about manners. <laughs> it's about feelings. <laughs> and feelings that she's sharing with her parents and that I doubt very much she's sharing with everybody out there in the world because she knows, you know, this is the person that's closest to me that I, I need to be able to <laughs> dump on, especially with all this stuff that's going on for me. I mean, it sounds like she's handling a lot of it better than, you know, I would expect. She's got all this stuff going on. She's dealing with a lot. So I think having a different expectation, not expecting her to be perfectly well-mannered all the time and be able to hold that together too, will help you. Will help you to like her a lot more. And the reset button that you're looking for is this perspective and this unplugging of your buttons (laughs) as it were. So I really hope this helps. I hope it makes sense. And thanks so much for listening, everybody. We can do this. If you like Unruffled, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.